As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad you've joined us. It is Wednesday. And before we do anything else, I want to tell you that if you need prayer, write to us. Write us at prayer at renner.org. As soon as your email shows up in our inbox, we're going to begin to pray for you. Or if you would prefer, call us. We're a ministry that really prays. People can give testimony after testimony of their prayers that have been answered after they have called. You can pray by yourself, but sometimes it helps when somebody else puts their faith together with you, and that's what we're here for. So either write us or call us, and when you write or call, be sure to order my book called Dress to Kill. And you can also order this by going online to our website store or to Amazon. This book is amazing, isn't it, guys? It's a Christian classic, and I'm so glad that you wrote it so many years ago. Since then, it's been printed and reprinted and reprinted, and this is, I don't know which reprinting it is. I have no idea. But it's a new and updated version, so if you have the old one, the white cover with the dagger and the blood, this one's a little bit newer, and it's got better pictures inside. Well, this book, I wrote this on one of those old Macintosh computers. It was before there were uh, laptops. laptops. And I carried that computer on airplane after airplane, lugged it over my shoulder. In fact, it was so heavy, I broke the blood vessels in the top of my shoulder carrying that computer. I remember sitting in airplanes with you, and you would sit, he would sit by the window, specifically on the side that had, what's that, a trolley thing that brings the luggage up into the airplane? That's exactly right. He'd sit there and he'd look and say, watch for, the, watch for my computer, watch for my, is my computer there? It was a computer, it was the key, keyboard, it was the mouse, and printer, the printer. and paper. And that's how I All wrote back this back. book. Boy, those were the days, praise God, those days are long gone. But during the days when I was preaching at night, I would sit in my room hour after hour and would begin to put on paper what God had shown me about spiritual weaponry, which is listed in Ephesians chapter 6. And when I wrote this book, you know, I knew that God wanted me to write this book because there was a lot of nonsense teaching taking place at the world, in the world at that time, about spiritual warfare. And I felt like God wanted me to bring a correction. That's really like what I felt. That's happened several times. It has happened several times. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But when I wrote this book, I didn't know this book was going to live and live and live and live and live. And people today order this book just like they did when I wrote it in 1991. And if you don't have your copy, you need to get your copy. And as Paul mentioned, it has amazing artwork. I mean, the pictures are just amazing. It's not hard for you to imagine what spiritual warfare looks like, because it's all here. It's illustrated in this book, and you will find this to be a classic. It's something that you'll use and use and use. And I want you to get my study guide called How the Infilling of the Holy Spirit, what it is, what it produces, how to receive it, how to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, because you can't walk in spiritual weaponry unless you have power. You have to have power. I'm not trying to promote something. I'm trying to get you a tool that will help you have power. You need to know how to be filled and how to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. So this also is in our online store at our website, renner.org. And while you're there, please look at some of the other study guides. Guys, I have to tell you the truth. I'm in love with the study guides. They're big. So they're big. They're loaded. 
Yeah, they're, they're just amazing. Like this one, what the New Testament tells us about demons. Well, the New Testament tells us a lot about demons, and we don't have to base what we believe on fairy tales or on an old wives' tale. We need to know what the Bible says. Or how about the will of God, the key to your success? We can know the will of God. The subtitle says, Positioning Yourself to Live in God's Supernatural Power, Provision, and Protection. Fifteen lessons. Or how about this one? These are just samples. There's like 50 of these on our website. Overcoming surprise attacks in your life. Keys to thwarting, circumventing, circumventing, and overcoming every attack waged against your life. Four lessons. You can use these personally or with a Bible study group or with somebody that you are discipling. They're just wonderful, aren't they, Denise? Oh, they're wonderful. They're like Baptist Sunday School quarterlies. Well, I hope they're even better than that. Well, <laughs> Well, they're better than that because I didn't want to read my quarterly. You'll want to read this. But you'll want to read this because it's so helpful. And I love how Rick unpacks the Greek because it really opens up the scripture even more and more to us. And I thank you for all your study. Oh, you're very welcome. Welcome to the program, Denise. Thanks, Rick. And home group, welcome. We're so excited to be with you tonight. You know why? Because we're talking about spiritual warfare. And I absolutely love the weapons that the Lord has given to each one of us. Amen. That are equipping us to stand against the enemy and his attacks. Oh, he's such good God. And he gave us these. Amen. To use. Paul, welcome. Hi, everybody. I'm glad that we're here. And we've been talking about spiritual warfare for a week and a half. Really, I thought we'd be talking about this for five programs. Now, we're going into a week and a half, and we'll be talking about this until the end of the week. And there's a lot to talk about. If we had more time, we'd probably still be talking about it. Because oh, we it could. Oh. touches on so many different areas in our life. And I know we're going to be talking about the shoes of peace today, or like you say, killer shoes. I just had a small like glimpse or an imagination of mom wearing killer shoes. Yes. I wondered what you would look like in killer shoes. Well, I'm going to help Powerful. you. I'm going to help you be able to imagine it tonight <laughs> because I'm going to pick these up and show them to you and show you how they were used. Okay. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, guys, do you have your Bible? This is home group with the runners. You got to have your Bible. We believe in the Bible and if you're a partner you can be assured we do everything we do and base what we believe on the Bible. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, and let's begin in verse 13. And in verse 13, the Bible says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And guys, what do I call this? The saddest verse in the New Testament, because take unto you is the Greek word analabete, which means the church of Ephesus had dropped their armor. They had walked away from the power of God. The way that you stay dressed in the armor is by walking in the power of God. That's why I want you to get my study guide about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are automatically dressed in the armor of God. Well, the church of Ephesus had been born in the power of God. You can read about it. In Acts chapter 19, demons were cast out. Special miracles were worked by the hands of Paul. People burned all their occult fetishes. It was the revival of revivals. They were born in the power of God. But when you come to Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, hey guys, 
take unto you the Greek word ana labete. Ana means to repeat the action, do what you previously did. The word labete means to take it, put it together. It means pick it up, put it on the way you once did it, which means they were no longer wearing the armor. Why? Because they had inadvertently stepped away from the power. They probably became a little brain heavy. They were very involved in educating people in doctrine and raising up leaders and ministers of the gospel. And it seemed they had stepped away from the simplicity of their faith. And they had a problem with this for years and years to come because later in Revelation chapter 2, when Jesus spoke to the church of Ephesus, he told them they had left their first love. And he said, remember, you know, you can't restore things until you remember what you've lost. Sometimes you just forget. And Jesus said in Revelation 2, 5, remember from whence thou art fallen and repent. And I love that because Jesus doesn't say, feel bad about it. He doesn't say, cry, moan and groan, punish yourself for stepping away from the power. He just says, repent. The word repent means make a decision to be different. Just make a decision. Repent. And then he says, do the first works. Well, that's the same thing he's saying in this verse. Take unto you, do it again. Do it the way that you once did it. Take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to do what? To withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand. Then we came to verse 14. Stand therefore, the word stani, it pictures a Roman soldier confident. Why is he confident? Number one, he's strong. Number two, he is fully outfitted. He has every reason to be confident. And when you're walking in the power of God, you do not have to be afraid of the devil or anything in life. You can be confident. Some people may mistake this as arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's boldness. It is confidence. And you have every right to be confident when you're dressed in the whole armor of God. So Paul says, stand up, throw your shoulders back, hold your head high, stand. Therefore, he says, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, in the previous programs, we talked about the loin belt. And what did we say about the loin belt? It is the central piece of weaponry. And it is the most important piece of weaponry because... It holds everything together. Holds everything together. For example, on one side of the loin belt was a clip. On that clip, you hung your sword when you were not using it. So your sword was dependent upon the loin belt. Here's a big shield. Well, you didn't carry the shield all the time. If you weren't using the shield, it hung on a clip which was on the other side of the loin belt. So the shield depended on the loin belt. On the back side of the Roman soldier, there was a pouch attached to the back side of the loin belt. That's where you put all your spears and your lances. So even your spears and your lances rested on the loin belt. If you didn't have the loin belt, you would literally come undone. It was the most important piece of weaponry. And Paul tells us in verse 14, it is truth. The loin belt of truth, he is referring to the Bible. The Bible. It is so important. It is the only piece of spiritual weaponry that passed from the spirit realm into the natural realm, and you can actually pick it up and hold it. You can't hold peace. You can't hold righteousness. You can see them. But you can't touch them. The only weapon you can hold is the Bible. That's how important the loin belt of truth is. And if the Bible's working in your life, guess what? You'll have a sword of the Spirit when you need it. 
If the loin belt is in your life, the Bible, you'll have faith when you need faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Here's the centrality to everything. You're going to find out today that if you've got the Word of God in your life, you'll have peace in your life. If you've got the Word of God in your life, you will really enjoy your sense of righteousness. Everything is connected to the loin belt of truth. Are you reading your Bible? Keep your Bible central in your life. But then he says, and the breastplate of righteousness. righteousness. All right, Paul, pick up that breastplate one more time. All right, it's pretty big. And we saw that the breastplate did not just defend you, but it also was used as a weapon against the enemy. The breastplate really gave a Roman soldier a lot of confidence. First of all, it protected all of his inner organs. But as he walked in that breastplate, the pieces of metal would begin to rub against each other and it would add a luster, which means the longer you walked in your issued breastplate, the more gorgeous, the more resplendent it became. And in the same way, when you really know you're righteous and you walk in your righteousness, you become more beautiful, you become more resplendent the longer you walk in your righteousness. In fact, really, there's nothing more beautiful than a believer who knows that he or she is righteous. They just gleam with confidence and courage. Isn't that amazing, Denise? Oh, it's visible. It's absolutely visible. You know, what we do on the inside eventually comes out on the outside. And that this um, breastplate, it just begins to shimmer. It gleams. Uh-huh. But then, Paul, thank you, you can put that down. Today we're going to come to verse 15. And verse 15 says, are you ready, guys? And your feet shod, see that word shod? We're going to come to that in just a moment. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, where did Paul get this revelation? Can anybody remind me, Paul? Well, he was mostly in prison or chained to a Roman soldier. And so there he was, chained to a Roman soldier. God speaks to us through our environment. And in this case, Paul was looking at that Roman soldier every day, looking at that helmet, breastplate, loin belt, shield, sword, shoes. And day by day, week after week, month after month, as he looked at that Roman soldier, he began to get revelation about what God has given us in the spirit realm. And now he comes to the shoes. So here Paul's looking at the shoes of a Roman soldier, and he begins to get a revelation about spiritual weaponry called shoes of peace. Now, it's funny that in this verse, they're referred to as shoes of peace because they really were killer shoes. They were killer shoes. And the verse says, having your feet shod. Everybody say shod. Shod. What does that mean? Shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace piece. Well, I'm going to show you what it means. So today I have replicas of the shoes of a Roman soldier. These really are replicas. And see all those strings? You know where you had all those strings? Because you had to shod them on your feet. It really means to tie them very, very tightly on your feet. Everything in the Bible is accurate and chosen for a specific purpose. Paul tells us if we're going to walk in peace, we have to determine to walk in it. We have to really tie feet, peace around our feet. Otherwise, you can lose your peace. Now, it's very important. There are two kinds of peace. 
there's peace with God, and there is peace of God. When you become a Christian, Ephesians chapter 2 says, you have peace with God. That means the battle is finished, you have surrendered, and Jesus is Lord, and the enmity, the battle between you and God is rendered inactive, it is put away, and when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you immediately have peace with God. But there's a second kind of peace, and that's the peace of God. And many Christians have peace with God, but they don't know the peace of God. You can be at peace with God, but not have peace in your daily life. There's peace with God, then there's the peace of God. The peace of God is a keeping peace. It is a supernatural peace that keeps you in the middle of difficult situations and empowers you to keep advancing, even in the spite of opposition. And that leads us to these shoes. It is the peace of God that you have to really keep bound around your feet so you do not lose it. But wait, on the bottom of these shoes, there were nails. Do you see these? Now, these are blunted, but they were called hobnails. And they were sharp, and they were pretty long. Why would a Roman soldier have hobnails on the bottom of his shoes? Many hikers today have nails in their shoes so that when they're climbing, the nails actually get into the dirt and help them to not slip and fall. That's exactly what this was for. Because if you had hobnails on the bottom of your shoes, now think about it. When you put your foot into the earth, you were not easily moved. The enemy would try to move a Roman soldier. He would push, he would shove, but because these hobnails were so dug into the earth, these shoes would hold a Roman soldier in place. That is so important. And in the same way, the peace of God enables you to stay where God has called you. The peace of God is a keeping peace. You can be sure that if you're trying to advance in your business or advance in your call or your anointing or whatever God's called you to do, the enemy will try to knock you flat. He'll try to push you off balance, move you out of your place. But the peace of God is so powerful, it will hold you in your place. I say that when you have the peace of God in your life, you're like a palm tree in a hurricane. You know, that palm tree, it may bend and bend and bend and bend and bend, but when the storm is over, bam, it's going to stand right up because it is deeply rooted. That's what the peace of God does. It holds you in your place. Isn't that powerful? It's wonderful. And there's so much here about standing. It says to stand, stand therefore. And then the shoes of peace, they help us to keep us, they help us keep us in our place. There's so much about knowing where you're supposed to be and staying there. You know, in our life in the former Soviet Union, Denise, you know that you and I have faced a lot of winds of opposition. And if the peace of God had not been working in our life, we would have run away from the very beginning. But we knew where we were called. And we made a decision that we were going to dig our feet in. And what enables us to do that? The peace of God. It is a keeping peace. It is the peace of God. It is just amazing, the peace of God. But don't just fixate on what was on the feet because this is just a part of the shoes of a Roman soldier. And I'm going to keep one in my hand and I'm going to show you the other part. Okay, this covered the foot and the hobnails were on the bottom to hold you in your place. But from the ankle to the knee was this piece. 
All of this was considered a part of the shoes of a Roman soldier. This was called a grieve, a grieve. And they were different sizes for different soldiers. When you came into the infantry, they made these just for you. So one size did not fit all. And likewise, when you come into the army of God, God measures you. He knows exactly what you need. You're covered. Don't worry that somebody has more than you have. You have everything that you need. God has issued you what you need. But why did he have this piece from the ankle to the knee? And in fact, it was kind of like a boot made out of steel. This is made out of steel. Mm -hmm. Why did he need this? Because Roman soldiers faced enemies. And one tactic of the enemy was to come up, kick you in your sins, break your leg, knock you flat, then take your head off. But when you had a grieve, the enemy could kick you and kick you and kick you and kick you with no effect whatsoever because you were so protected by it. Likewise, when you begin to walk with God, the devil will try to kick you in your shins, but the peace of God is so supernatural that the devil can be kicking you and kicking you and other people can see it. When the devil's using nasty tactics, you will be protected. You'll be protected. But the amazing thing to me is other people will come to you and they'll say, how are you surviving all of this? But when you are in the peace of God, it's like you're in a bubble. You don't even know that you're under attack. You really don't feel it too much. You might know the devil's trying to do something, but you're so protected by the peace of God, you're really not affected by the kicks of the enemy. It is a supernatural keeping peace, but that's not all. Roman soldiers had these on their lower shins because as they marched and advanced, they had to walk through really rocky places, rocky places. And if their lower shins were not protected, their rocks would gash their legs, they would bleed, they would be wounded. But because their lower legs were covered in metal called greaves, Roman soldiers could walk through the rockiest places and never get a gash on their legs. They could just scrape by those places and keep on marching with no ill effect. And that is exactly what happens when the peace of God is operative in your life. The truth is, in life, sometimes we walk through some rocky places. Denise and I, our family, our ministry, we have walked through rocky places in the 30 years that we have advanced in the former Soviet Union. I could tell you story after story after story, but guess what? We're still here. We're doing great. We're doing swell. We're filled with the Spirit. We're filled with joy. We're past all those places, not because we're so brilliant, but because the peace of God is a keeping peace. And when you're protected by the peace of God, it's like you're in a divine bubble. That's the only way I know how to explain it. You can walk through really, really rocky places and you're basically unaffected. But wait, there's one more thing. If they made it past their rocky places, Roman soldiers had to walk through fields that were filled with thorns. Thorns. Oh, thorns are terrible. You know, not so long ago, I was filming in Turkey, and I was filming in Hierapolis. Well, if you go to Turkey in the wrong season, the beautiful green is gone, and guess what's left? Thorns. Ay, ay, ay. The thorns are so terrible, they get caught in your pants, they, get, they scrape your legs. You can hardly work because of the thorns. It stops your ability to advance. 
Well, Roman soldiers had to deal with those kinds of thorns. And they had to keep marching regardless of the thorns or the sticky situations. But because their lower legs were covered with this metal, they could walk through the thorniest situations, never get caught, never get scratched. They just kept marching. Now that is amazing to me. Well, what about snakes? Well, I don't know that this would protect you from snakes. Okay. But the shoes would protect you from snakes because you could trample on those snakes with those hobnails. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Okay. Denise? That's what I want to talk about. The power to crush the enemy. Okay, hold on. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. But I want to put all this together. Okay, so on the bottom of the shoes were hobnails. What did the hobnails do? Kept you in place. Kept you in place. You were hard to move because those nails really kept you in place. But to not lose your shoes, you had to really bind it around your feet, which means you have to be intentional about walking in the peace of God. This part of the shoe enabled you to survive the kicks of the enemy, rocky places, thorny places together. This was powerful. These shoes enabled you to advance. But now wait a minute. Because these shoes show up one more place in the Bible, and that is Romans 16, verse 20. Turn there. Are you ready? Romans 16, verse 20, where the Apostle Paul makes his one theological statement about the devil in the whole book of Romans. Now, the book of Romans is really an important theological book. And the devil isn't even mentioned until chapter 16, almost as an afterthought which means Paul really believes we have victory over the devil. He just mentions him as an afterthought. And listen to how Paul mentions him in Romans 16, verse 20. Here it is. And the God of what? Peace. The God of peace. Talking about peace. And notice his wording in this verse. And the God of peace shall bruise, bruise Satan under your feet shortly. That word bruise is such a marvelous Greek word. It is the same word used to describe the crushing of bones into dust, or the same word used to describe people who would trample on grapes in order to make wine, smashing, squishing grapes underneath your feet, or crushing bones, grinding them into dust so there's nothing left of them. And so really when the Bible says the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet, shall squish shall crush, shall grind to dust the devil under your feet. But notice Paul says shortly, the God of peace will bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The word shortly is a word which described how Roman soldiers marched in formation. When Roman soldiers marched, they took tall steps and stomped as they walked. Not hard for me to imagine this, because when we moved to the former Soviet Union, sometimes we would go down to Red Square, and we would see the soldiers who would come to take their post at Lenin's mausoleum, and that's how they marched. Big, tall, stomping steps as they would step into place, very proud. Well, that's the way that Roman soldiers marched in formation. Loud, pounding, grinding steps. And remember, on the bottom of their shoes were... Nails. Nails. Well... They were Roman soldiers, and they were taught, if somebody is stupid enough to fall in front of you when you are marching, 
Don't stop for them. You are Roman soldiers. They should have never gotten in front of you. And if they were foolish enough to get in front of you and to fall in front of you, don't even stop to get, help them get up or to get them out of the way. Just keep marching, keep pounding, make a demonstration of the fact that no one should get in your way. Well, hold on. What did they have on the bottom of their shoes? Nails. So now hundreds and hundreds of Roman soldiers pounding, stomping on top of a person that has fallen in front of them. By the time they pass, what do you think is left of that person? Not very much. They look like hamburger meat. They've just been ground to shreds, pounded to death by the stomping of those soldiers. Now, you've got to put all that together. Paul says, and the God of peace shall squish, crush, grind to death the devil under your feet shortly. It was Paul's way of saying, here's his big theological statement about the devil. If the devil is dumb enough to get in front of you, don't stop and ask him to move. Just keep advancing. Pound with all your might as you walk on through. Crush him under your feet. Grind him. Squish him as you go. Teach the lesson that he should have never got in front of you. That's what Romans 16 verse 20 means. We have authority over the devil. Now, if you don't have the peace of God working in your life, you're probably going to say, oh, we're under attack. The devil is resisting us. The devil's in front of us. But when you have this keeping peace, this peace of God, you are empowered to say, hey, we're not stopping. We're not moving. We're going to advance. And by the way, as we advance, let's draw all the blood we can in root. That is the keeping peace of God, which allows us to keep moving ahead or to maintain our position. Denise? Well, that peace is a person. It's Jesus inside of us. It's, he's the power. He is the power. And as we recognize his peace, as we recognize his power that he's given us, it, it's so much easier to go, devil, shut up. You've already told me that. You've already told me that 15,000 times. Shut up. I'm moving forward. And you, you don't move forward just with yourself. You move forward with the Lord Jesus Christ on the inside of you. Amen. And every devil in hell has to bow to him and will one of these days. But we recognize him by faith. Amen. On the inside. Amen. Denise, that is so good. I know it. Oh, my goodness. It's so great. But we're out of time. If you have a prayer request, please write to us, prayer at renner.org. But I want us to pray for our home group. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the amazing peace of God. Mm. Amen. We're grateful, Lord, to have peace with you. We have peace with God. But Lord, we need the peace of God. The peace of God so we can advance. So we can hold our position and not be moved. Oh, we're so thankful for this weaponry. In Jesus' name, amen, yeah. amen. Hey, now remember, yeah. Psalm 4, verse 8. I will lay down in peace and sleep, and the Lord will keep me safely. It's time for you to go to bed. So go to bed and say, hey, Lord, I'm claiming Psalm 4, 8. I'm going to lay down in peace. That is the best sleeping medication mm -hmm. there is. Amen. I'm going to lay down in peace and sleep, and the Lord is going to keep me safely. And when we come back tomorrow night, 
We're going to see what the Bible says about the shield of faith. It's going to be good. See you tomorrow night. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.